The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Let's get right to it this afternoon. The countdown is on to the next provincial election. Albertans will be going to the polls within the next few months and there is plenty to talk about. Oh, there sure is. From pipelines in the economy to the recent controversy surrounding the Bighorn Parks plan, there's plenty up for debate. Premier Rachel Notley joins us in studio today. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. So I guess the question everybody wants to know, and we'll just throw it out there, when's the election? Uh, it will be sometime this spring. <laughs> between before, March and May? Yeah, be sometime between March 1st and May 30th. I can guarantee you that. All right. What are you considering going into this then? So what will be your decision? What are your factors going into this that you're going to say, okay, this is when it's going to be? What are you looking at? Well, you know, it, 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 there, there's a lot of different things that, that go into play. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, we're just uh, doing our work, getting ready to go, uh, focusing on on um, things that we want to get done beforehand, you know, uh, in terms of uh, getting ready for uh, the budget and uh, putting those having a solid understanding, the best um, understanding of where things are with respect to, uh, uh, you know, projections, price projections, things like that. As you know, with the curtailment that we did uh, in December, we've seen a, 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 an incredible bump in the price of Western Canadian Select. We're trying to get a sense of, of what the market's going to do with that over the course of the next two months. So we've got so we've got a lot of uh, balls in the air, and so and we want to make sure that we're able to talk to Albertans with as much certainty as possible going forward. Are you hoping that you're going to get some sort of indication from the federal government uh, regarding uh, the pipeline that things are shovels would be back in the no. ground? Well, you know, I I know I know that because that would won't. help. It, it would be a lovely thing, but I actually know that that won't happen because what they have to do is they have to wait for the NEB to make their decision. And I'm certainly hopeful that we'll see something positive from the NEB. And in fact, as as you may know, uh, just yesterday they came out with some a draft report, which was which was uh, uh, moderately encouraging in terms of some of the the different elements that their draft report included. So that was you know maybe a good sign. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but not bad. Um, um, but the federal government really has to wait till that report is completed, and then they must engage uh, with Indigenous people with respect to consultations and accommodations. So they're not going to tell us it's happening. We can't demand that they do that because that would undermine the whole process. Um, so I am still cautiously optimistic uh, that we will see shovels in the ground this year, but I don't think that we'll have a definitive statement of that between now and the election. And that just is what it is. Well, now, as a result of that, that just encompassed four of my questions. So let's throw them all together. So... You started governing for the first time, and that was a new challenge that the NDP had not seen in the province of Alberta ever. Opportunity. Okay, opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, this time you face an election in which you're no longer criticizing somebody else's governing. Mm-hmm. You're defending your own record. Absolutely. And that'll be new for you as well mm-hmm. and for your party. And so my question is, I know in the past that you've said that your government has done more in the last 70 years to with pipelines than has any previous government. And in the yet, last four years than the last 70. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, however, um, we're no further ahead, it would seem. So 
I well, I think I think I I will uh, I, I will challenge you on that on on that basis. I mean, you're right that we don't have the definitive answer that we had up until August as a result of the decision of the federal court of appeal, but we have maintained the pressure. The project is still in play. The government, the federal government, owns the pipeline. They are committed to going ahead with it. They have said that definitively and clearly on a number of different occasions. You could, you know, the the opposition wants to claim that that's not the case, but but I could pull you 30 quotes right now from the federal government where they've said that they are committed to, to seeing this through. And uh, we are about a month away, a little over a month away from the NEB once again issuing a decision. Now, should the NEB issue a negative decision, then yeah, you're right. We, we have suddenly gone back to where we were four years ago. If they issue a positive decision, though, then I think we are once again very close with a project that has had a tremendous amount of uh, uh, preliminary work go in. And, and a provincial government, let me say, that has spent the last three and a half years campaigning for this pipeline, not in an angry name-calling way, but in an educating Canadians about the facts way. And you've probably heard me say this before, but we know that Canadian support for this pipeline has gone from uh, just over 4 in 10 to just under 7 in 10 Canadians, including a majority in BC. That feels like a moral victory to me, though, as opposed well, to a real victory. You know, I mean... What we know is that sometimes these kinds of nation-building projects don't happen overnight. And so if you are strategic and thoughtful and determined and you keep going at it and you move the bar and you get closer than you were before, then quite frankly, I think the fact that we are closer than we have been before is something uh, that we have. Uh, that we should talk about. Not only to, to, to take credit or not take credit or throw blame or not throw blame, but quite frankly, to let Albertans know that there is reason for hope. Uh, because this is that's at the base of things. You know, Albertans need to, to believe and to know that there is reason for optimism going forward with respect to the economic uh, circumstances of this province. Because people are worried and they're hurting right now. Well, they're, they're angry, Premier mm-hmm. Notley. I they mean, certainly we've, are. We've seen yeah. that with the, with mm-hmm. the convoy recently and the the oil mm-hmm. rallies, and we're certainly hearing it nonstop. Mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. are ticked right off, yep. to be, to be yep, frank. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they don't think you're doing enough. Well, I, I, I mean, all I can do is what I actually legally have the ability to do. I mean, you know, I, I think folks would find it encouraging if I yelled more. <laughs> uh, but really what we're focused on doing is getting the result and getting the outcome and we are closer than we ever have been before we have to keep pushing and you know there's other issues there's other issues as well I mean you know uh, this isn't the only pipeline and we know that C69 and C48 could stand to actually uh, uh, limit additional and new projects that should come forward like something going east for instance and so on those we're continuing to fight very hard and we will And, and, and I understand the frustration of Albertans and as you say the anger when you hear the kinds of comments that you heard out of Quebec and, and you know, the sort of the hypocrisy of it. And, and in many cases, just the lack of knowledge. You know, folks either in BC or in Quebec or Ontario who don't understand how much they rely on our economic prosperity in Alberta and how much they actually rely on oil <laughs> and, and, and the silliness of importing it from, from the US or from Saudi Arabia and, all, you know, all those kinds of things. It makes no sense that, you know, it's okay for it to come up on a barge up the St. Lawrence River, but somehow we're worried about putting a pipeline across the country. I mean, there's so much inconsistency. So we have to keep pushing. Absolutely. Um, 
and 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 we will. Um, but I still believe that at the end of the day, we've moved the dial in terms of the the overall opinion on this matter across the country outside of Alberta. And I think that we are closer than we ever have. And I think we're going to get that pipeline. I do. Um, I also realistic, though, that it's not going to happen before the election. And guess okay. what? That is what it is. And uh, you know what? I'll just campaign on the basis of what's there. And, you know, because that's what you do when you follow the rules. Is sure. that going to be enough for your for your uh, party? You know, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting conversation. Uh, you know, the the opposition is very good at criticizing. They are uh, profoundly ineffective at offering a different vision and a different solution. They have no answers for diversification. They seem to think that the answer is simply to give a massive tax break to the wealthiest Albertans and then to move forward on things like privatizing health care and cutting resources from education. Well, that's not going to help regular Albertans. That's not a formula for moving forward. That's not going to build the economy for the future. Um, and so, you know, yay, they're the best at tearing down. We're not about tearing down. We're about building up. And uh, and that's what we're going to be looking forward to talking to Albertans about in the next election. You said you didn't want to cast blame, but still on this file for a moment, because it is going to be one of the major issues uh, in the next election. Did the Prime Minister of our country throw you under the bus at some point in these negotiations? In which negotiations? Well, just in terms of, it seems to most Albertans that you made a deal. The carbon tax for pipeline. We did the carbon tax, we didn't get the pipeline. Well, I think we have to stick to some degree with the facts. We did the carbon. Uh, in fact, it was not exactly a deal per se. I, I keep reminding folks that that uh, the climate leadership plan was something that we put in place before the federal government was elected for all intents and purposes. We announced it a week after they were elected. And let me be clear, we didn't just come up with it in a week. <laughs> We'd been working on it and consulting with folks uh, for uh, many months beforehand. Uh, but um, but the fact of the matter is, is the federal government did approve the pipeline. And then when investors got nervous, they bought the pipeline. But they, uh, like us, uh, are subject to the rule of law and the Federal Court of Appeal made the decision that the Federal Court of Appeal made. I disagreed with the federal government on the strategy for getting around that Federal Court of Appeal decision. Uh, we will see the, the, the difference arose around whether the NEB could uh, uh, get back to it and issue a new decision fast enough. If they meet their February 22nd deadline, then I'm satisfied that, quite frankly, the federal government's process was arguably the one least likely to fail under another appeal. If it gets pushed off indefinitely uh, through the NEB process, then, well, we were right and they were wrong. But at its heart, they approved the pipeline. They bought the pipeline. The courts are the courts. There are other people, other agents, uh, other uh, groups within the country that have a right to access those courts, um, and so uh, and and so we have to to deal with it. We just do. Besides the pipeline, uh, mm -hmm. what else do you see as the major uh, election issues? Um, well, you know, I think, as I said, I think we've got these these issues that sort of two uh, different views about how we support Albertans and how we have their backs as we go through and struggle with the the challenges that we're facing as a province. And uh, as I've said, I think that um, uh, we we need to focus very strategically on ways to diversify the economy. We're a rich province, but generally speaking, we're a small province in an international economic 
world and this idea that we can just sort of uh, turn our backs and let the market prevail uh, when we have all these things going on in the international economic forum that we do is is naive. We need to be strategic and we need to work strategically with business to diversify and to capitalize on those areas where we have the opportunity to grow and lead uh, not only in the country but in the world. And so we are working very hard on that long overdue uh, task of diversifying our economy and leveraging the natural resources that we have in this province to a long-term, more sustainable economic model. That's contrasted with what you see, which is basically a complete absence of discussion on this matter, uh, from the opposition. Uh, I think the other issue that's key, as I've said, is preserving those important public services that Albertans care about, health care, education. The opposition has talked about privatizing health care. That is bad for the people that we care about when they need the care of our health care system. It's great if you're in the top 15% and you can afford to take your checkbook to, the, to your doctor. But if you cannot, then we need to protect our public health care. And, uh, and I think that's a fundamentally important thing that needs to be um, fully discussed in the next campaign. Let me ask you this with regard to um, social issues. And NDP often seen um, as the protector of vulnerable groups. And mm-hmm. you've made great strides in that in that area over the last few years. Is there a, f- I shouldn't say fear. I know mm-hmm. you have no fear. Is there a concern <laughs> that given the current economic uh, times in Alberta, mm-hmm. that the average Albertan would see those things as nice to have if the economy were working, but... Mm-hmm the focus goes off of those sort of issues when they're not working. Mm-hmm, Do mm-hmm. you think perhaps that the average Albertan says, yeah, we'll take care of kids in school and we'll take care of frontline workers and we'll take care of everything else you'd like to take care of, uh, but first I need to get back to work? Yeah. No question, the need to get to back to work. I, I care about that as much as, as the average Albertan uh, and I would argue more than the opposition. Uh, you know, like let, let's look at two, two, two pictures. Our government made a decision when the price of oil dropped Uh, We made a decision to have Albertans backs. We invested in infrastructure. We invested and we protected healthcare and education. Uh, Alberta is, is creating jobs, not shedding jobs. Contrast that to the austerity pos- uh, position that was adopted in Saskatchewan, where the economy there is shrinking, not growing, and uh, Saskatchewan uh, folks are coming to Alberta looking for work. Um, so what we did, everything that we've done in the last three and a half years has been about protecting and trying to create jobs because we know how important that is. This idea that conservatives are good at the economy because their view is just stop, uh, you know, give a great big tax cut to the wealthy and then turn your back on the whole thing and just see what happens is frankly, it's a myth. It's not real in today's uh, international economic circumstances. And so uh, I absolutely agree that the economy is fundamentally important to Albertans. Getting people back to work is fundamentally important to Albertans. It's fundamentally important to me. My party, my government's always been focused on working people. That's where we come from. And so we're going to keep working on ways to keep people employed and create more opportunities every day. Is the Alberta party uh, something that is also on, obviously it's on your radar, but 
you have there's so much noise out there mm -hmm. and there's been so much noise i don't know a better way to put it mm -hmm. and, and such extreme views uh over the last four years and sometimes you wonder were these people living in the province all along we, <laughs> we never heard from them uh, is there any concern that the alberta party could come right up the middle on this election uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that uh, a lot of folks, you know, if you look at some of the most recent statements that have come out of um, uh, uh, the Alberta Party, I, th I think what you're really seeing there is uh, for folks who uh, miss the old Conservative Party that was a little bit less extreme than what the version that you see under um, under uh, uh, Jason Kenney, that those folks will be attracted by the Alberta Party because it's basically the old PCs uh, who are were a little bit more moderate but still essentially quite PC at just as is uh, uh, Mr. Mandel, former uh, uh, health minister uh, in the PC government. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that they may attract some of those votes um, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Before we let you before we let you go, we did want to talk about uh, mm -hmm. the big the big horn controversy, which has kind of blown up over the past uh, week. You have uh, stood by your minister. Um, there has been calls for her resignation, uh, and you're shaking your head, rolling your eyes, saying, "Come on already!" Yep. So why are you rolling your eyes? Why are you shaking your head on that front? Because we're hearing a, a lot of people saying again that um, that she's completely mismanaged the file. Well, she hasn't completely mismanaged the file. Uh, I think. Listen. The starting point is this, you know, uh, when our government was elected, we inherited a government record from the former PCs, uh, PCs of, of profound uh, levels of inaction that went on for decades uh, and creating a lot of pressures uh, in our land use throughout the province because they had been unwilling to to dig in on an evidence-based uh, uh, manner uh, and, and deal with the fact that there's conflict. I mean, you know, you, you, as, as more people come to the same area of land, people are going to want to use the land differently. And either way, we're going to presumably want to protect it for generations to come. And at a certain point, it becomes necessary to deal with that. And over decades, the previous government failed to do that. Uh, Shannon Phillips came in as our environment minister, and she has dug in on a lot of those very difficult files. She has done it uh, in, a, in a very determined way with a tremendous level of knowledge. Uh, she's become very informed on these files, and she has worked with lots of people. So as an from an overarching position, let me say, uh, just I just have so much confidence in her and uh, very proud of her record. On this issue, there's been a tremendous amount on the bighorn. There's been an incredible amount of misinformation. The conversations and the consultations around the bighorn uh, started before 2014. Um, and and the additional consultations um, or, the, or the work that came from that from the consultations from 2014 was released in March as it relates to the Bighorn was released in March and was out for public consultation from March until the end of May and then there was work with a lot of the ATV users who are the primarily concerned group here and uh, um, find funding given to them to for them to to provide additional uh, or, or to build more trails and all that kind of work uh, over this summer and so then uh, this came out which is about 99.9 percent .9 the same as what was out between uh, March and and uh, May and uh, 
what we're talking about here is the boundaries within which we will then, and listen to this, have another five years of consultation. Hmm. Okay, so just to put that in, con- in, in context, there is no plan to limit any industrial activity. There is no plan to limit any recreational activity. None of that is in there. So uh, what we were doing then was trying to engage in a conversation around essentially the boundary and uh, uh, the, the uh, you know, people were very passionate. And that is fine that people are passionate and not everyone's going to agree. And that's fine too. And uh, we are very committed uh, to making sure that those folks get a chance to have their voices heard. And uh, we just need to do it in a way that makes sure that uh, the uh, uh, staff who, who work for the government of Alberta are not feeling unsafe and that uh, people with uh, differing opinions are not feeling unsafe because those those folks had that had uh, um, raised concerns that they were feeling uh, not, and I don't mean unsafe in a, you know, your your life is threatened kind of way. I mean unsafe in a, I don't feel comfortable going into this room and raising my voice as loud as the other person and, and being able to uh, have my say. And so what we're doing right now is we're working on ways to to make sure that uh, we can restructure it, but people can still in person come in and, and have their say, both pro and con, where both can say their thing, learn from each other, perhaps agree to disagree, say very clearly why they're agreeing to disagree, but do so in a way where no one's feeling intimidated. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you, um, why won't you name your MLAs who were investigated the sexual harassment um, uh, case, whatever you want to call it? Why won't you name them? Doesn't that put undue speculation on all of your MLAs? Well, you know, as, as I've said before, we went through a, a, a very rigorous process. We brought in an independent investigator um, and and uh, in, investigators, uh, and they went through it in, in tremendous detail. And... Uh, they wrote up a report. They made recommendations. We followed those recommendations. In both cases, the complainants were absolutely committed to wanting it to be confidential. Um, there is not a way to start talking about bits and pieces of it without it ultimately leading to uh, additional speculation and pressure on the people that came forward in the first place. That's especially the case in politics. And if you say that what must happen in every case is that it all goes public, then you will never have anybody in politics come forward and raise concerns uh, if they feel that, they, that they've been put into an uncomfortable position. Um, we've been clear. Uh, you know, uh, they were they were very much in the the moderate level of of, um, of uh, conduct, and uh, they were more. And the independent investigators uh, were uh, confident that uh, the the um, actions that we took were appropriate to make sure that uh, uh, people were able to uh, carry on in a safe and and good environment. Premier Notley, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.